Who wants to kick us off? What's the most famous of Jesus' parables? The lost son, the prodigal son, as it's known, yep. The good Samaritan. The lost sheep. Martha. The one about come to me as a child, okay. Yep. The banquet one. All right, interesting how we started with some that kind of had titles and then we ended up with the, the, the one. Um, yeah, very good, very good. Now, tonight's one I think is fairly famous, but not the most famous. We are going to get, in fact, to most of those that you mentioned over the next five weeks. Now, I'm very glad you're here tonight. We're starting a series in these parables. The, the next five weeks, we're going to listen to Jesus speak. We're going to listen to him teach. And tonight, Jesus says, listen. I'm very glad you're here. Because tonight, Jesus says, listen. Now, Ben, can we put that uh, the slide up for me, thanks? Now, there are lots of kinds of ways of listening. There's, uh, there's attentive listening, where you're giving someone your attention. There's uh, distracted listening, like perhaps some people at the moment who are talking in the pews instead of listening to me. Or there's Facebook, and someone's talking, and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, what, what? Um, there's argumentative listening. You know that kind of listening where someone else is speaking, and all you're thinking of is... What are you going to say next? You don't care about what they're talking about. There's the special husband listening. Uh, for those of you who have yet to get married, you'll, you'll discover this one day. It's almost like a superpower. You can be paying no attention whatsoever to your wife. And she's talking away and talking and talking and talking. And all of a sudden, your mental filter hears the magic words. Are you listening? Or, what did I just say? And somehow... We can recount whole sentences of what they have just said, even though we didn't... Yeah, yeah, the wives are going, what? <laughs> Sometimes there's some listening that is very hard work. We have to listen intently. We have to think about what we're hearing. There was a craze a couple of decades ago now. It isn't really that big today, although it's kind of around still. Uh, for, for a thing called backmasking. Who knows what backmasking is? Put, you put your hand up if you know what backmasking is. Yeah, okay, not many at all. Now, as soon as I tell you what it is, though, you're going to know what it is. You just don't know what the word is. It was, it was taking music, taking songs, and playing them backwards and listening to see if there was a hidden message. Yeah? Now, I'm going to give you a couple of the really famous examples, and uh, let's see if this works. It should, I hope. Uh, there should be sound on, Ben, for the computer. Oh, come on. You've got to work. Let's see if we go again. It worked before. There we go. Right, so Queens, another one bites the dust. You all know it, yeah? All right, here we go. I'm not going to sing. They're going to do it. I can't do Freddie Mercury. I mean, come on. You guys are amazing. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Ow! Another one bites the dust. Hey, hey! Another oh, you know the song? Yeah. Here it is backwards. What's it saying? Yeah, you can't quite pick it until he tells you what you think. And then... Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, that was kind of far. I don't know. This guy just wanted a video on YouTube. Yeah, whatever. What about this one though? Probably the most famous, if not infamous, was Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. 
And, and, and all the slightly older people are like, yeah, I remember this. All right, let me, uh, here we go, right? Um, this is forwards, okay? This is, this is the actual song. Turn it up here, man. Right now, this guy he turns it around and uh, and, and again, listen hard. Um, so there you go. There's back masking. Now I'll play you one more, just for laughs. backwards. I think you did that one on purpose, don't you? It's a kind of listening where you have to listen very hard. Now, sometimes it becomes important to listen well. We went to uh, we went to treetops a couple of months ago. Now it's a it's a high ropes course uh, where, where by the end of it you're a good five or six meters off the ground and you're precariously balanced upon very small swinging pieces of wood. And if you happen to fall off and you don't follow the safety procedures correctly, you could become very seriously injured or die. So at the start of the day, when the instructor sets out to tell you how to stay safe, it is very important to listen well. Now, if you don't listen well to that instructor, it may well cause you harm. It is a kind of listening that you don't remain neutral if you don't listen to it well. It became very clear that there were a couple of our young guys especially who hadn't listened well when they arrived at the first of the challenges and didn't know how to hook themselves onto the system, let alone when they got to the end and were kind of stuck there going, how do I get off? Now, thankfully, it is foolproof enough that even they didn't get hurt. There is a kind of listening where not listening right can cause problems. In fact, it can harm you. In this first parable, Jesus says, listen. And if you listen to me rightly, it will bring you closer to God. In fact, you will hear the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God. But if you listen to me wrongly, you will be pushed further away. You will be harmed by it. Listen. So let's get into this parable. Luke chapter 8, I hope you have that open in front of you. Uh, Luke chapter 8, and we're going from verse 4. A large crowd has gathered around Jesus. People, we saw all sorts of different uh, agendas and reasons for being there. 
All sorts of, well, do they believe? Do they not? And to them, Jesus tells a parable. And here it is. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen, listen properly. This is the story. A sower goes out to sow some field. Maybe this is more the picture that Jesus had in mind, right? A bloke out kind of scattering soil that it lands all over the place. My picture of sowing is more this kind of thing, but it doesn't really work with the parable because it lands exactly where you want it to go. So let's run with this kind of a sower. And he's scattering scattering the seed as he goes. Uh, In fact, kids' church this morning, they planted seeds, right? I mean, that that was kind of cool activity. Uh, We could have done it, I guess, but we didn't. So he's sowing, he's scattering the seed, and as he scatters, it lands in four different kinds of places. Some lands on the path, the birds eat it. Some lands in the rock, they have no roots, they die. Some land in the middle of thorns that grow with them and choke them. And some land in good soil, and it grows and produces a crop. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you get it? Do you get the story? Do you get the parable? Yeah, well, thankfully, we kind of don't have to because Jesus goes on to explain it to us. Uh, he's not going to do that with the rest, so let's make the most of it while we can. All right, in verse 11, Jesus explains the parable to them. This is the meaning, he says. The seed is the word of God. Let's just take a moment to think about that. What is this word of God that Jesus is referring to? Somehow it's being scattered, it's being sown throughout, and it produces some sort of a response. What is the word of God? The Bible? Well, that's pretty good, Martin. In fact, that's the answer I'm going to give you in a moment. Well done. So, the New Testament writers and Jesus speak of the Scriptures as the Word of God. Now, Jesus, when he says Scriptures, he only had the Old Testament. He didn't have the New Testament yet. So, at the very least, the Old Testament is certainly the Word of God. But furthermore, Jesus himself is described to us as the Word of God. The one who incarnate in his body, in his life, in his speaking, speaks as God. So Jesus is the word of God. And furthermore, Jesus commissions those who are around him to take forward the message that he embodied and that he spoke. And so the writers of the New Testament, inspired by God, are also the word of God. Thank you, Marta. The Bible is the word of God. For Jesus, oh, that's fine, I don't mind at all. You gave me the answer, it was great. Uh, Jesus, for him, for the people around him, Jesus' words are the word of God. For us, it is the Bible. The Bible, as the Holy Spirit, still works through these words. So do you get the picture? As the word goes out, as the Bible is proclaimed, as the message that we have here goes out into people's ears, there are four possible responses, or if you like, There are four ways of listening. The first, verse 12. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. The people who hear the word spoken but immediately they're gone. You don't listen, you don't understand, you don't believe, they make no difference. 
In fact, by the time you walk out the door, you've forgotten them. Now, I wonder, sometimes as preachers, we don't help this. Because sometimes we have these, these great illustrations or these great stories or these great... And, and all that you remember after the sermon is that. Now, I hope, please, that from tonight, the only thing that you take away isn't Weird Al doing I Remember Al. Right? Please, please don't take that. If, if you're going to remember that, at least remember the point. The point is Jesus says, listen. But isn't that often the way? You walk away and you've forgotten the words. The devil has snatched them. The second kind of listener, verse 13, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall over. You hear it. You listen. You understand. You think, oh, yes. This is what I want to do. I want to live God's way. I want to be serving God and living holy life for him. I want to go forth and preach the gospel. And then you get home and your family say, oh, what have you been doing? Oh, nothing. Your friends at work ask you, what did you do over the weekend? Oh, not much. People at school put the hard word on you. I thought you were a Christian. Oh, well, you, you know, whatever. It gets tough and all of a sudden we forget the words, we wither, we give up on them. You know, you're dealing with porn and you think, what I really should do is get rid of the computer from my bedroom and I should put it in the lounge room and I should put accountability software on it. The problem is that if I do that, all of my family's going to know. So I won't do it. Seed falls among the rocks and no roots. You're excited until there's some sort of pressure. The third kind of listening Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stand for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, by riches and pleasures. They don't mature. You hear it, perhaps even decide to live it, but things just seem to choke it out. Now, I wonder if this isn't the greatest danger for many of us. We've made up our own word for this one. We have. We've made up our own word. We call it being busy. Have you ever said that? Oh, my prayer, my prayer and Bible reading are not very good at the moment because I'm busy. And what does that mean if not that the cares and the worries and the desires of this world have choked out things of God? I'm busy, we say. And so that plant remains stunted, withered, never developing, never growing, never maturing, never producing fruit the fruit of salvation, the fruit of ministry. And so the fourth kind of hearing in verse 15, but the seed on good soil stand for those with a noble and good heart. For those who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Don't you want to be that person, that kind of soil? You hear the word, you love what it says, you know that Jesus is speaking good for you. You remember it, you apply it into your own life, you live it out, you persevere, even when the going gets tough, even in the face of busyness. And so we produce a hundredfold what God has done in us. There's the parable and there's its meaning. Now why does Jesus speak in parables? I mean, couldn't he have just said that second bit? He could have just said, well, look, uh, as the word of God is preached, some people, the devil's going to snatch it, some people, they'll... 
Why does he speak in parables? Well, in verses 9 and 10, he says something that is really very confronting. So the disciples, in the first place, they don't get it. Verse 9, the disciples ask him, what does it mean? They're, they're kind of, all right, sowing and birds and seed, and what does all it mean? And Jesus says these very confronting words. Jesus says that the parables are designed to keep some people in, to draw them in closer to God, to reveal the very secrets of the knowledge of God to them. But they are designed to keep out those who will not listen. See, verse 10, he said, verse 10, he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. To you, to you disciples, to you who listen, this reveals the knowledge of God, but to others, they will see what you see, they will hear what you hear, but they will remain outside. It's a very confronting word. It's a little bit like in-jokes. You know in-jokes, right? Uh, there'll be a group of people and you know what the joke is and you all have a laugh and the two people who don't are sitting there going, what? 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 Right? You, you know what I'm talking about? When I arrived here, uh, started last year, it was bizarre. All the in-jokes were about this person called Sharon. Right? <laughs> It was even weirder because there was no shower in the church. What are all these jokes about? I don't know. As it turns out, Sharon had just left not too long ago. I mean, they weren't crazy people, invisible, you know. But what's the point of it? The in-joke means that the people who know laugh and those who don't are excluded even more. The ones who are in are drawn in further. The ones who are out are pushed out. Jesus says, my parables are very much like that. If you don't listen to my words rightly, you will be pushed further away from God. Now, I imagine that there are two possible reactions you might be having right now to that news. And the first one is you might be outraged. What do you mean that Jesus is saying that his words can harm people? Surely these are words of eternal life. Surely these are words of salvation. Surely we're talking about a God who is all love. How can these parables push people away from God? How can that be fair? How can God do that? Now, if that's your reaction, I want you to notice what is different in the two groups, those who are in and those who are out. What is different is not the message that is spoken. Exactly the same words are spoken to both. God is being fair. He is speaking the words. What is different is the heart, the intention in listening. Did you notice the good soil? They have a noble and good heart. The people who want to be in, the people who want to know God and to listen to his word and to live his way. It is those who do not want to listen who are pushed further out. Now the disciples, they're given the secrets. Jesus says, oh, I'm going to tell you guys the secrets of the kingdom of God. I'm going to give you some extraordinary knowledge. So the second possible reaction that you might have to that news is, you want to be in. You want to be on the in crowd. I want to know who Sharon was and why she's marrying Mitch. And I, I, I want to know these jokes, right? <laughs> Love you like a brother. And I hope that's your reaction to Jesus. 
I want the words that you speak. I want the parables that you are going to teach to draw me closer to God. I want to know the secrets too. And Jesus says that these secrets are known. See, tonight, tonight you're getting a double whammy. Tonight you're getting two for the price of one. You're getting two parables. And the second one starts in verse 16. We move from talking about sowers and seeds to talking about light and secrets. Jesus says this, No one puts a lamp, lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. Not least because it's a fire hazard, right? You don't light a lamp and hide it. You put it on a stand that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. Now what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about the secrets of the kingdom of God. Jesus lit the lamp with his disciples, not so that they would hide, but that they might shine forth the secrets that Jesus taught. And as they shine forth, we can know them too. We can listen to Jesus. We can be the good soil who with a noble heart sits under God's word, producing a harvest of life and righteousness. It's not a private secret for a few that Jesus spoke to the disciples. It is the light that is lit such that the mysteries of God might be known to all. And in the same way as with the soil, see verse 18, how you listen matters. Therefore consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever is in will hear and will learn. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Consider carefully how you listen. How do you listen? How do you listen? I mean, I, I don't mean in general. I'm not talking about the argument or the... I'm talking about listening to God. How do you listen? Do you find yourself... You just seem to always be distracted. You never remember what was said in the sermon, what you read in the Bible, what you studied in Bible study. You never seem to remember it. Come Monday by lunchtime, you're having the conversation with someone, oh, it was good. There were some jokes, I laughed, huh? but I don't remember it. Is that you? Has the devil plucked those words out of your ears? Or do you find it hard to obey when the going gets tough? You like what you hear. You remember most of it at least, maybe just one thing, that's okay. But then all of a sudden things get a bit tough and you find yourself thinking, well, maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just conveniently forget about what God said. I'll ignore it. Are you busy? <laughs> Just count the times this week you say, I'm busy so I can't. Is that you? I fear that's a danger for many of us. What is your attitude before God? Or do you come to his word with an honest, with a noble, with a good heart? You want to sit under what God says. You want to listen to him. You want to obey him. You want to live for him. And you're going to persevere, right? I'm not saying that this is going to be easy. I'm saying in the face of when it gets hard, in the face of busyness, in the face of the devil wanting to snatch those words away, in the face of those things, I will listen and I will obey. Is that you? As a final point, I just want to say we, we have a lot of temptations around us uh, to somehow minimise or to do away with the word of God, with that seed that is spoken. 
whether it's uh, the cultural left that wants to say to us, well, the Bible is outdated, the Bible is uh, old news, that the sociology has caught up, anthropology is now way more advanced. There are whole parts of the Bible that are no longer valid, they're no longer current. We know better. We have the scientific world that wants to say, well, no, no, actually, we have arrived at these conclusions that thoroughly disprove parts of the Bible. We have lots of voices around us wanting to say that the word of God no longer speaks. Jesus says, listen, as the seed goes out, be of a noble heart, sit under it, that you may produce a bountiful harvest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this parable, for this extraordinary teaching where Jesus says to us, listen, give us please ears to hear. Each one of us, change whatever's inside here that would stop us from listening. Whatever is in our hearts, remove the devil from us if he would be snatching words. Strengthen our backbones that when the going gets tough, we'll stick with it. Make us disciplined that we would cut away from our busyness in order to listen and obey. Father, make each one of us, please, fertile soil where the seed of your word is planted and grows and matures. Amen.